welcome to There's More to the Quote. I'm your host, Lauren, and together we will dig into the origins of our culture's most repeated quotes and how they inform the way we relate to ourselves and each other. Thank you for joining me for the pilot episode of There's More to the Quote. Today we're discussing the quote, people should be judged by the content of their character. If you've been on social media for any length of time, either you or someone you saw or a politician has posted, people should be judged by the content of their character. Maybe it's a meme, a picture, a racist incident, and every time something happens, people are going back and forth. And then somebody responds, well, I don't see color because I judge people by the content of their character. And sometimes why people say that, to, I guess, to put us all unnoticed, that, you know, we should believe that they're a good person. Now, there are a few times that I hear black people use that quote as well, but it seems in a different way than when white people say it. To me, it feels a little respectability politics. Because nothing in a white person's personal or professional life, outside of their feelings, of course, will be at risk just by you thinking that because they are white, that it could be a chance that they are racist. It's not odd that something like that would happen, especially growing up in America. But this isn't about white people individually. It's about a global collective, collectively, and our apathy towards eradicating the system of race. And unfortunately, some Black people are part of that number. I searched across Google and social media, especially Twitter, to see the ways people use the quote and how they attribute it to Dr. King. So the most common way people use it is people should be judged by the content of their character. And they'll have a picture of Dr. King looking over the, you know, the crowd or something. But they also might say men, but most people usually say people should be judged by the content of their character or Dr. King said this and I agree with him or we should all be judging people by the content of their character. We shouldn't be seeing color. We all should be colorblind because we're all the same. Okay, so that is not exactly <laughs> what the quote said. That's not what the quote said at all. Uh, it's kind of taken out of context, which I think it should be in context, and also it's being stated incorrectly. So let's get into the history, which is one of my favorite parts. Everyone who uses that quote is referring to the I Have a Dream speech given at the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom in 1963. And nowhere in the speech does he say the quote in that way. So let's read what he did say. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I'm going to read it one more time. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Of course, judging people by the characteristics they exhibit is not a radical concept and is not something that Dr. King thought about in the 60s. It's kind of common sense that we all learned when we were children, whether in school, television, we're all told, don't judge a book by its cover. We already were taught that you're not supposed to judge people by the way they look. Now, usually that quote is kind of attributed to 
extreme things like, oh, this man is really big and tall and he has tattoos. He must be dangerous. But actually, he's really nice. Usually, it's not attributed to race. But we do learn that you shouldn't judge people by how they look. So misquoting Dr. King and saying that he said people should be judged by the content of their character really uh, doesn't matter because we already learned that. He didn't teach us that. We learned it in preschool. And people use that to say, I can't be racist because I judge people by their character. I think what you need to do, if you do believe, if, if, if you believe like, no, when I see people, I wait, I wait to see who they are. I don't make judgments about them. If that's the truth, I think you need to ask yourself, do his and Coretta's children, those who are still living, the ones that he mentioned in those speeches, his four little children, do you believe that they live in a nation where they are not judged on any given day by people who they don't know and people that, who don't know them, whether they're in Mississippi, whether they're in Michigan, do they live in a nation where they aren't judged by the color of their skin or by the content of their character? Can they walk anywhere as black women and black men? Can they walk anywhere in this country and people will immediately think, won't think that because they're black, that means that because they're in the store, they can't afford it if they're in a luxury store or that they're trying to rob the place when they're walking around somewhere. The truth is they don't live in that nation. In Dr. King's own words, he dreamed of a nation in America, not just one person, not just me, not just you, but a country where being judged by the content of your character was the reality for his children. And it doesn't exist for them. And it doesn't exist. It didn't exist for him either. I actually have some questions that I want you to consider, whether you identify as white, black, or a person of color. So if you were white, when you were growing up, did your parents tell you not to see color and be nice to people? Or did they tell you to stand up and call out racism or somebody discriminating against somebody because of their skin color? And to kind of put your whiteness on the line to call out things that are not right? Or did they just tell you to be nice? Oh, just be nice to them. And then you can be nice. And then when you all go home to your separate neighborhoods or go home to your separate places, that black person still has a different experience than you, what, no matter where they go in this country. But then you still get to feel good about yourself because you treated them nice. And if you're a black person who thinks that you don't, you don't judge color, you just go straight or you're a person of color who feels that, does your family have colorism issues? I bet they do. <laughs> like most <laughs> black families, families of color, people have issues with colorism. They still inherently, even if it's subconsciously, think that being lighter skin makes you prettier or it makes you smarter. There are children today born in the 2000s that probably, if they were given the dial test, that they would choose the white dial. Not seeing people's color is impossible in a society where color race the idea of race the construct of race is alive and well so i guess the question another question should be how do we combat that like how do we not allow the racism to kind of be internalized if you're white if, if you're not white because constantly it we're, we're infiltrated with it we're indoctrinated we were indoctrinated with it as children as well uh, and maybe it's just a day-to-day -day journey of kind of calling out within yourself the internalized racism 
shame that racism brings the same for white people that internalize racism in your way and the shame as well. But I do believe there are good and well-meaning people in every race, but so far not enough to make race an antiquated idea globally. Now in an article during the 50th anniversary of the March on Washington in 2013, Dr. King's children, Martin Luther King III and Bernice King, they both stated that their father did not subscribe to what some people call colorblindness. So his son said, I don't think we can ignore race. What my father is asking is to create the climate where every American can realize his or her dreams. Now, what does that mean when you have 50 million people living in poverty? Bernice King said, When he talked about the beloved community, he talked about everyone bringing their gifts, their talents, their cultural experiences. We live in a society where we may have differences, of course, but we learn to celebrate these differences. Now, I want to make something clear about what Dr. Bernice King said. She talked about differences, but what she's not talking about is racism being a difference. Racism is not a difference. So it's not like you're on your side, I'm on my side. A difference would be, everyone has differences. A normal difference would be salt on grits or sugar on grits. That's a big fight everybody has every year. Do you eat your grits with salt or you eat it with sugar? That is a difference. (laughs) Or do you go to community college first, then you go to four-year school, or do you go right to university? Stuff like that. Do you have kids when you're in your 20s or you're younger and older? Those are normal differences. And even in those discussions, they get heated. They get so heated and it gets very personal sometimes. But none of the options involve or leads to the harm of other people based on the group they belong to. And so that's what racism does. So next time people try to make false equivalencies about, well, they said they called me a cracker or something like that. Well, calling you a cracker does not harm white people. It hurt your feelings. It may have been very mean. Maybe you could argue bigoted, but it's not an ism. And that ISM at the end of a word (laughs) denotes a system, a practice, not just one person. The ism makes it everyone's issue, not just your own personal issue. So being able to look past skin color without evaluating how the past and our environments have influenced us consciously and subconsciously doesn't help anyone. Will hearts ever change? That's a question people, sometimes people say like, oh, maybe one day the younger generation, but we know how that's going. (laughs) Or everybody just get mixed up and they will all be one race, you know. History reminds us that people have never been on the same page in their hearts about anything. (laughs) It's always going to be us fighting against unfair systems, unjust systems. It's been like that. And, And I don't think everyone should think the same and be the same. As Bernice King said, differences are great. But if there are people of all races who believe in equitable society, then will what's in people's hearts even matter? Will it matter if somebody believes that because I'm black, I'm inferior? Does it matter in an equitable society? I would like to believe that in a nation that in, in a nation that Dr. King dreamed of that nation, he was dreaming of for his children to live in what's in the hearts of all people wouldn't really matter. 
how how their behavior was handled by the masses of that nation would matter. I want to read an excerpt that perfectly sums up my last point. And it's from Dr. King in his book, Why We Can't Wait. Negroes are human, not superhuman. Like all people, they have differing personalities, diverse financial interests, and varied aspirations. There are Negroes who will never fight for freedom. There are Negroes who will seek profit for themselves alone from the struggle. There are even some Negroes who will cooperate with their oppressors. These facts should distress no one. Every minority and every people has its share of opportunists, profiteers, freeloaders, and escapists. The hammer blows of discrimination, poverty, and segregation must warp and corrupt some. No one can pretend that because a people may be oppressed, every individual is virtuous and worthy. The real issue is whether, in the great mass, the dominant characteristics are decency, honor, and courage. I think Dr. King perfectly sums up the episode. We all have differences, and we'll always have differences. Everyone's not going to always be on the same page. You being an individual treating one person of one group well doesn't mean that you aren't a part, willingly or not, of a larger system that still oppresses that person in their everyday to day life. But Dr. King reminds us that we should still be pushing towards and fighting for that equitable society, a just society. If not all the people, that majority of the people, they wouldn't have to even say or dream because the character of that society would be undeniable. Well, we have reached the end of the episode, but before I leave, I want to leave you with some resources. So I want to make sure that every episode I give some resources related to the quote. And I want to do that because number one, Googling something doesn't always give you the information on page one. And going on YouTube doesn't always necessarily give you a full perspective or a correct answer because usually people don't give you extra resources or list or bibliography so that you can research more. But people do love to tell you the reason why you aren't woke or updated on a topic is because you got to do your own research. You got to do your own research. So I'm going to help you out so you won't be searching, trying to do your own research around what Dr. King thought about the content of character or race or any of that. So I want to start off with some reading resources, and they're going to be his books, because despite him being one of the most popular uh, people in this nation's history, usually when we hear about Dr. King, it's that quote, the letter from Birmingham jail little bit more popular these days, or just some clips of him speaking. And one of the greatest things I think that we've been blessed with is that he actually wrote his own books about what he thought at different times uh, during that period of the civil rights movement. So the first reading resource is Stride Towards Freedom 
This is released in 1958 and it explains his nonviolent beliefs. And he also discusses the early planning and the beginning days and the behind the scenes of the Montgomery bus boycott. The second book is Why We Can't Wait, released in 1963. And this book he dedicates to his four children. In the beginning, it states, for whom I dream that one day soon they will no longer be judged by the content of their character. And the last book I recommend is Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or Community. This was his final book. It was released in 1967 before his death. I also am leaving a link to the article where Martin Luther King III and Bernice King were interviewed about their father on the 50th anniversary of the March on Washington. I have a link to the I Have a Dream speech. I know we hear it a lot and we hear it every year, but just in case you never really read it yourself, I have the link for you. And lastly, I have a visual resource, a documentary titled King in the Wilderness. It was released in 2018 and it chronicles a little bit of the last year, I guess you would say the last months of Dr. King's life. I have added these resources in the description, but you can also see a list of them on moretothequotepodcast.com. Well, that concludes our pilot episode, and I hope you either learned, questioned, or considered the things that I and the voices that I amplified said surrounding today's quote, and I hope you come to your own confident conclusion. Don't forget to check out the resources and subscribe to my podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and anywhere that you listen to your podcast. And I hope you'll join me next time for another episode of There's More to the Quote.